Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to a very special episode today with a lovely client of mine named Sarah. Sarah is coming on the show to talk about how she has been able to lose 50 pounds and break the cycle of overeating to finally feel confident in her skin. I am so obsessed with Sarah's story. She was actually a client inside of 90 Day Fit Bay Body who I vividly remember, and we're going to talk about it today, but I vividly remember when she came and had a conversation with me in my DMs, expressing her interest in coaching and wanting to lose weight. She had never tracked her calories before, but she had done other fad diets and really restrictive eating plans. But her biggest concern is she could never stick to it. So if you're really hesitant about starting another weight loss journey because you don't want to add it to the long list of failed dieting attempts, and you also struggle with overeating and binging and honestly having that like bow and arrow effect where you pull the arrow really far back, which is the restriction, but then the arrow moving forward when you let go of the arrow is the binging and the overeating and the losing control. That was Sarah's story before finding TSN and before we got the chance to work together. So I'm literally pumped. You guys are going to love today's episode, especially if you have big weight loss goals. We talk about the transition of losing your first 10 versus losing, you know, 10 pounds down right when you're about to hit 50 pounds down because you have way less body fat and your progress starts to change. We talk about how surreal it is to fit back into clothing, how to really start small when it comes to your goals, and most importantly, how to show you how to break through 200 pounds down on the scale too if you also want to lose a lot of weight. So get excited, guys. Now time for Sarah's episode. Welcome to Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry, a podcast dedicated to changing the way women eat to lose weight so they can feel their hottest. I'm your host, Lauren Hubert, former fad dieter turned registered dietitian. Each week, I'll share all of my favorite healthy eating tips and swaps, help you through frustrations on your journey, and show you the science behind losing weight. Hot, Healthy, Never Hungry is here to make weight loss simple, fun, and easy to stick to for life. Okay, ladies, we are here with Sarah. Right before we press record, we were discussing not only how she was my neighbor and then she became my client, but actually on our first coaching call, we both showed up. It was a group coaching call. There were other women there, if you were in her group, in Fit Bay Body at the time. And she was wearing the same sweatshirt that I was wearing. It's like this iconic Lululemon. What is the name of it, Sarah? Scuba. The scuba. Yes. It's like everyone and their mother has a sweatshirt. She shows up and we bond over the sweatshirt. And it's not a sweater. It's a sweatshirt. I got to clarify that. And Miss Sarah, tell us the non-scale victory you have about this sweatshirt because it's pretty darn wild. Yeah. So the sweatshirt... I got it Lululemon and I got it before, obviously I had started with you. You do not know this Lauren, but when I got it, I picked the size that I was at that time that I thought I was and it was small on me. It didn't zip and you probably couldn't see that on, on the call, which whatever, that's irrelevant. Well, it's, it's relevant because it didn't zip and today in September, I am wearing it and it is fully zipped and it is very baggy. And it like almost, it's almost like I need to size down now. Like it's almost like too oversized. They call it the oversized scuba, but now it's like a little too oversized. 
And I remember buying it. I knew that it didn't fit me when I bought it, but I, it, again, it was the largest size there. And I always thought to myself, like, heck, I hope one day, like, and again, I didn't even know that I was going to start working with you. Like this was like, when yeah, I this was, was well before we even started yeah. working together. Yeah. You bought this. Um, so crazy. I thought to myself, like, it's my favorite color. It's lavender. I really hope this sips one day. And I was still working in fitness at the time. And so I really wanted this sweatshirt to fit so I could wear it like to the gym. Like there were so many things that I just, I wanted to make this sweatshirt fit. (laughs) So here I am eight months later in my sweatshirt and rocking it full circle. Also on this, I was sharing with Sarah that I wish I wore mine. I didn't get the memo today. Obviously I'm wearing a different sweatshirt. You should have told me. The same outfit that we, that we met in that we kicked off in. Oh my goodness. But speak of kicking off and kind of like the beginning, I always love going back to the beginning, but I don't just want to go back to, okay, how did you feel? What were you doing? But I still remember pacing around and I've shared this story with Sarah a few times, but I was pacing around in my apartment because that's what I do to try to get in steps and also just not be on my ass all day when I'm responding to messages. I vividly remember going back and forth with Sarah in my DMs right when you were honestly about to apply for coaching, you were interested and it was just full circle because you were my neighbor um, in the past and like we were so close, but like we hadn't met at this point and we started connecting. And what I remember about that, those conversations that we had was not about your your confidence and being able to achieve your goals. Like that really wasn't the conversation. What I remember was more like hesitancy and anxiety and honestly, just like ambivalence about like, okay, Sarah, am I actually going to do this? Like you saying that to yourself. So I would love to kind of go back in time and I would love for you to walk us through in those moments, like during that you know long conversation that we had about like, if this was going to be something that you were going to do and and really you deciding if you were really even ready to go after these big goals that you had, these, these big weight loss goals, what was going through your mind at the time? Because, and this is full circle, guys, I know there's a lot of women out there who have a lot of weight to lose, who really want to make a drastic change in their life, not drastic fad diet, but like, like a change that will literally make your entire life different. And you can really want that, but it still feels incredibly scary and uncomfortable to take that first step. Yeah. So I have a lot to say on this. <laughs> So hit us with it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So when we were in touch, like I had been following you, I knew what TSN and 90 day fit babe were about. The biggest hesitation for me, Lauren was thinking and like, just, I think it's just, it was hesitation because everything that I had done in the past and no shame, but I'm going to throw out some names here. Shakeology. 21 day fix, whole 30, herbal life, like all of these things that I had tried just had a sticker that should have said crash on because <laughs> it should be, it should be like now living in California. It's like everything oh, has the, this yeah. causes cancer sticker. Yeah. Like all of these things would have, this yeah. is a crash diet sticker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you name it, like I did it. And <laughs> I think I was so over doing anything like that because I knew that it didn't work. It maybe worked for 21 days or for 30 days, or sometimes maybe even two or three months. Like maybe I got even a half a year out of some of them. And I was like, Ooh, 
this is sustainable. Like thinking that I was just going to keep up with this forever. No, like I think I slowly but surely figured out after trying five or six of these things that the deprivation (laughs) just led to disaster. And so again, I knew that you were different, that your program was different. But that was the biggest hesitation to me was like, is this going to be another one of those things that I pay all this money for and that I don't, it it doesn't suit me for the the rest of my life. Like I want something that I can stick with that is doable for me being so busy. And, you know, I know I'm going to have to put in the work, but I felt like I put in the work for the other crash diets. Like I felt like I put in the work, I put in the money. You know, I put in the time and I just didn't want it to be another one of those things. And so like, you didn't want to fail. And honestly, I've never said this to you, but you elevated your standards. And I think it's really relatable because you, you knew what wasn't going to work, even though you weren't sure what was going to work. What I mean by this is a lot of women know their patterns, their behaviors, the things that hold them back and what they should not be doing when dieting. Like Many women listening to the show, you know, you shouldn't go a crazy low carb, but you also just might not know a different way to go. And that's really what was happening with you. You yeah. knew you needed something different, but when doing something different that you've never done before, you can't guarantee that, okay, is this going to work? But you kind of have to get past that point and know like you can't go back to what wasn't working, but you have to go forward. And that does yeah. mean putting yourself in a slightly uncomfortable, but I'd also say vulnerable position. It puts you at a lot of vulnerability. And also because you're investing your time and energy and resources, not only into a diet, quote unquote, or information, but you're really investing in yourself and you're, you're putting your stake in the sand saying, Hey, Sarah, like I want to be fucking successful. And that's scary. Yes. And in the moment though, when you are feeling so shitty about yourself and you're like, I need something right now and I need something and I'm going to start right now. Like your mind or my mind used to say, oh, okay, let me just do the 21 day fix in the containers. And like, I will fix it. Yes. That's a quick fix. And it's something that I could start immediately. And that I just like, didn't have to wait for. And you know, what is going to help me lose the most amount of weight, the fastest and make me feel better than how I'm feeling right now. Yeah, And I'm not thinking like, you know, of course I want something for the long term, but in that moment when you feel so shitty, like your thought isn't like, oh, okay, let me like invest in this big program. And like your your first thought when you're desperate is not, okay, I want to transform my life. Right. You're like, no, I want to solve the pain that I feel feeling so fucking uncomfortable because I gained all this weight and I feel like crap every single day. And so for you, I mean, you got to the point where you knew those short-term fixes weren't going to work for you. You knew those crashes were not what you needed, but you also were grappling with this desperation at points where you were so desperate to have a change. So how did you go from doing all these crash diets to actually not only investing in yourself, but investing in the right type of thing that wasn't just rapid progress overnight. When I say progress, I mean, quote unquote progress, because we know it's not really real progress. Like, how did you do that? Because there's a lot of women listening to this that are desperate, that will do anything, even if it sucks for them, even though it doesn't work. Right. So again, after trying five or six or seven, or honestly, probably even 10, like 10 different things, they all weren't working. The binges kept happening. 
the like no structure, like floozy woozy, no meal planning. And like that right there, like for me, I know myself, that is not me. Like I remember when I felt my best self, like heck seven years ago, whenever it was, I was doing all of that. And, you know, again, life changes, emotional things happen. Like we all have anxiety. We change jobs. Like things happen in your life where maybe you fall off and like something happens where you can't keep up with the same structure, meal planning, workouts every day. It's tough to keep up, especially when you have situations in your life that alter that. So I think for me, I felt like almost my at my worst. Like when I was figuring mm-hmm. out what to do next, it was like not rock bottom, but like we were almost there. And so again, I was listening to your podcast. I had heard about all the stories of these women losing weight, but the key was keeping it off. Like for mm-hmm. me, I could lose the weight. I knew that if I did these crash diets, I would have lost weight. It wasn't about like not being able to lose weight or not. It was the sustainability. It was like Mm -hmm. being able to keep it off. So honestly, I was like, I've never heard of a woman doing this 90 day program and not being able to keep up with it. It sounded sustainable. It sounded like, you know, you had to put in the time and the work, but it wasn't like an unrealistic ask, you know, like you could ease your way into it. You weren't going from, zero to a hundred in two days. Like you weren't going from like, oh, I'm eating all this junk food to the second day being like, oh, nope, you're not allowed anything besides water and an apple. Oh my God. That makes me sad if people eat that wet. I do love water and apples though. but. (laughs) But like, you know, eliminating fruit, like all of these crazy bullshit things that like you think are, you think are normal and okay. And that would, it would, that's what it would take for you to lose weight is to just eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. When in yeah. reality, and we can talk about this more, but like I'm eating whatever I want. I am right now, September 15th, I eat whatever the frig I want. And you're yeah. 50 pounds down. Exactly. <laughs> so it just goes to show like, this is like something that I tell myself all the time. It's not about what I can't eat. It's about what I can eat don't focus on like what you can't eat. You can eat whatever you want. There's nothing that Sarah cannot eat. It's what do you want to eat today? And like, if you Mm -hmm. want to, Oh, that's a good question too, because we often are told so much by dieting what you can and cannot do, but we never ask ourselves, what do we really want? And in fact, like when I have clients that come to me, not even Sarah, just other clients that they're like, I'm bored. I'm sick of my choices. And maybe they've already seen a lot of success. I'm like, okay, let's screw the dieting for a second. Screw your weight loss goals. Truly. What do you want? Because anything can fit in. You can figure out how to fit it in. Your diet is an absolute puzzle. I love that. I want to also go back to the beginning. And I definitely want to talk about how you felt because a big part Mm -hmm. of your journey was your health and your well-being and how you felt. But before that, I also know a big hesitation around starting your journey was around getting on the scale the first time. It's something we have talked about before. And I actually want to bring this conversation specifically for this specific episode, because when you've gained, I mean, weight gain for anyone, I think is really painful. And I myself have not gained 50, hundred pounds myself, but I have coached a lot of women through this before. And I bring that up because 
even a small, I don't, I don't want to diminish for women who have smaller weight loss goals, how painful it is at any weight to not feel your best and your most confident and get so off track. It could be five pounds. It could be, I was going to say 500, but yeah, it could be 500 pounds. It could be a hundred pounds, whatever number it is. But for you not getting on the scale, I know was really difficult for you, but then obviously pulling the trigger and getting on the scale was also really difficult for you to start your journey. Can you kind of walk us through those first moments. And I think that's really helpful for women out there who are listening to this, who honestly are avoiding the scale. And if you're anything like Sarah, you might be avoiding the scale. And the one thing holding you back from even starting, like you can sign up for something, but you still just won't get on the scale because you're so afraid of it. Yeah. So I did not own a scale. I honestly don't think that I had ever owned a scale. Even, Even the times that I felt my best, I didn't own a freaking scale. And And that's okay, by the way. Right. That's okay. Right. In my case, you know, starting this program, I remember talking to Hannah and we were talking about the weigh-ins and like the weekly, our weekly check-ins. And I think I asked her, I was like, does this mean that I have to get a scale? Oh gosh. I'm sure Hannah's response was so sweet. Hannah, for those of you guys that don't know, Hannah is one of our team TSN dietitians specializing in disordered eating, eating disorders, intuitive eating, (laughs) mindfulness. So if there's anyone to ask that question to, Hannah was your girl for that. <laughs> yes. And she was like, no, you don't have to do anything, but <laughs> it would be helpful. It would be helpful so that we can really hone in on like where you're starting, where you want to go and like ultimately where you want to end up. And like the scale is a tool. It's a tool to help you see your progress. And you know, after talking with her, I felt a little better, but I just want to go back to like my feelings around the scale. And I think this like goes for a lot of women. I think in our society today, like the scale is bad. The scale is not your friend. I thought that same thing for most of my life. Even I remember like going to the doctors when I was going through puberty and like your weight gain and your boobs are getting bigger. Like the scale, like you almost like don't want to look. It's like, oh my God, you know how they pushed the thing to like a hundred. By the way, I hate those scales. They're so inaccurate, by the way. Well, to show how old we are. Because I don't even I think know. this exists anymore. I'm like, uh, maybe it's digital. You know, it's actually funny. I did, an, I did a, it was, actually, no, I was on a coaching call this week, actually, for Fit Bay Body. One of my clients finally got a new scale and she's younger than me, by the way. And that's, that's relevant because she had a scale that wasn't electric. And we were like, oh, that's like the hot, the hospital, like doctor scales. And we we're like, yeah, no more of those. No more, no more. Only at the Publix. Yeah. If you go to Florida Publix, oh, they always have those really? scales there. <laughs> but I just thought about those moments where I was like, oh my God, I don't want them to push the, the other, the bar to make it 150. Like there was And they so keep much- going and yes. going and yes. going and yes. going and going. And yes. it's like, you're like, can you fucking stop? Yes. And so the trauma, the trauma and the triggers around the scale. And like, even on TV, you just, the scale. Yeah has just has a bad rap. And so yeah. I was unfamiliar to it. I was scared to get on it. I had no idea how much I weighed. I did not know what that number was going to say. And so, I mean, talk about being vulnerable. Like I overnighted it from Amazon. And I remember I did not, we had like an inaccurate weight for me because when I was on the call with Hannah, I hadn't I don't, I didn't know my weight. And so I was yeah. just guessing. And, and for context, ladies, Sarah signed up for coaching and went on her first call without having an initial weight. I think you put in a number, yes. but then basically what happened is Sarah ended up getting on the scale, finally got her scale, finally 
mustered up the courage to go on it. And then she realized, okay, I'm actually heavier than where I thought I was at. And then you have to grapple with all that emotion. Looking back, Sarah, I think I know your answer, but I know it's tough and I don't want to downplay that, but do you, what are your thoughts looking back on going on the scale like that, even though it felt super uncomfortable? Are you happy that you did? Did you wish that you pushed it off more? What, what are your thoughts looking back now? I mean, no, I I'm so happy that I did. I mean, in that moment, like it was freaking tough. Like I, I don't remember crying, but I remember being like, holy shit. That was like what I thought to myself. Those were the two words. I was like, I did not think that this number was going to be this high. Like, again, I hadn't weighed myself in years besides the physical, which like, I think I chose not to see it. And also as you get older, people like don't even do physicals every year anymore, right? I don't even think this year when I went that they even weighed me. Like it was regardless. I remember looking at the number and being like, all right, this is the most you've ever weighed. From your knowledge, Sarah, this is the most you've ever weighed. Is this the worst that you've ever felt? Close. Like mm-hmm. it was close. And I want to stop on that for a second because how you felt was actually a really big part of your yes. weight loss journey. Can you describe a little bit of the physical stuff that you were feeling around the time that you had went on the scale yeah. and really started your journey with us? So, and coming from not a big drinker myself, yeah, it almost felt like you were hungover. Oh, like every day you woke up and you just felt yes. like shit. Mm. Yes headaches, like constant headaches. And part of me, Lauren was like, Oh, I need caffeine. I have a caffeine headache. Like I need, Oh, I haven't had my Starbucks. Shit was not a caffeine headache. No. (laughs) Hey, wait guys, if you're listening to this and you're skipping meals, not eating protein and fiber and you're eating a chaotic, hot fucking mess. And yes, we're going to go there and swear. Sorry, mom. It, you don't need more Starbucks. No, <laughs> I do love Starbucks though. No, even the, even if it's a Lauren, it's a Lauren's healthy swap, you still don't need it. Yeah, you got to get your diet right. Yeah. Um, and so here I am being like, oh, I haven't had my caffeine. It's ten in the morning. Like, oh gosh, gotta have my coffee. When I drink a coffee, I still didn't fucking feel better. Like, so headaches were like top of the really stuck out to me as being like a bad symptom. Also, lethargy. I was Mm. constantly tired, constantly tired, constantly had headaches, felt so blah, like just did not feel good. Those were like the main two things that I experienced, but that was every day. So like imagine waking up like that and dealing with that every day. And by no means was I like, oh, I should probably have some more protein. Like I'm not, I wasn't thinking like that. And again, when you're feeling like that and like after a long day of work (laughs) and you're like, oh my gosh, I have such a headache. It won't go away. And I'm really tired. Like, gosh, I could go for some comfort food. Like you feel sad. You're feeling like icky because you're, you don't feel good. And also some of those symptoms too are hunger related. So it's, it's almost like you didn't even make the connection that those were hunger related, food related symptoms with like blood sugar management and things like that. And I'm also even thinking like in life, when you're celebrating milestones at work or doing a good job, or like even outside of work, like your personal life, when you don't feel good, like I truly, because I felt good for so long now, I can't imagine, or if I get sick or something happens, like it hits me a lot harder now because I'm like, oh my gosh, like there used to be a point in time where that I considered normal. And that was what was going on for you. Like that was so normal. 
And I bring all of it up because how can you celebrate and celebrate your accomplishments and and just be so happy about life in general when you feel like crap, it makes it harder. It honestly dims the light that was Sarah's life when you feel like shit every day. Yeah. And it affects everything. It affects the yep. way you work. It affects the way you date. It affects the way you carry yourself. It affects your confidence. Like not only just feeling bad about your appearance, but then on top of that, having these nasty symptoms that again, at that time I was not relating to, oh, Sarah, maybe you're not eating correctly or like not even that. You're not fueling your body at all. You're fueling yeah. your body when you get home at between 6 and 9 p.m. And then you sleep and you wake up and you just feel like crap. And like, it's funny because now that I'm talking, like my regimen right now to this day is so drastically different in like the best way than what we were, what we're talking about, the stage yeah. that I was in. And like, I am so in tune now to, and we can talk about more about this, but like my hunger cues, making sure that I eat every couple hours. I know that for me, if I don't eat every couple hours, that's when I start to get a headache. If I don't have enough protein, that's when I start to get a headache. So like those symptoms could totally come back. They can come back probably in a couple days if I don't fuel my body correctly, like how I'm supposed to eat. It's just crazy to like think back on how shitty I felt versus how I'm feeling today because it's just, it's a complete 180. It's, it's, it's such a one. I mean, about Sarah's diet, right. When I first met her and I think just kind of revisiting it, not eating at consistent times, going all day, basically without eating at times, having little things here and there, not really having a plan. And I also want to point out, Sarah didn't share this. She had never like formally calorie tracked before she had never done anything like what she did. So For someone in your perspective, Sarah, who has never done calorie tracking, got a budget, planned ahead of time in this way, and honestly hasn't ate this way before. And maybe you did a little bit when you felt great, like many years ago, but like we were far gone from that moment. What can you remember some of like the first initial changes that were really small? Because I remember, I remember me and Hannah talked about this. We were like, Sarah needs really small, realistic yeah. changes. We need to build consistency in her diet. But like, yeah. we didn't go crazy and like, okay, Sarah, here are the carbs, fats, and proteins. And you have to hit them perfectly every yeah. single day, every That's single meal at home. Like we did want you to eat at home and yeah. eat at consistent times. <laughs> and of course not eat like all carbs and no protein yeah. and fat. Like yeah. that was going to be an issue, but we started super small. So what were some of like the really specific small things that you started to do? Maybe like the top two or three things that you did. Yeah. So gosh, protein, maybe like week eight or nine. I was like calling myself the protein queen because I was, I was literally literally eight weeks to be a protein queen. Like you literally started, I remember that was actually one of the first changes we made, like with your meals, like you started emphasizing that. And it's crazy how in literally eight or nine weeks, you form such a good habit around it that you're like, I am not just like the queen of it. I'm fucking crushing it every single day. And like, I wasn't putting so much pressure. Like, I know you guys gave me numbers. Like I was, I had macros. It was so easy to hit those numbers. Once you figure out portions, what foods have protein, a lot of surprises as to like foods that I didn't actually know had a lot of protein that if I incorporated into like nutrient rich meals could like really enhance the protein count. That is the highlight for me of like what really, and it also keeps me full. So like, you know, not only makes me feel good, it keeps me full. It gives me energy. So 
Protein, number one. And I think number two would be, and I don't know, I think I kind of like figured this out a little bit further down um, at the program, but it's having a well-balanced meal. (laughs) No, but actually that was the first, if there's one thing I remember, I remember I said to you, and I'm sure you remember this as well. We need you eating at consistent times. Yeah. You cannot go all day without eating and then it causing yeah. the overeating and the binging and all of that, yeah. all, all the horrible symptoms you were experiencing too. So it's funny that like weeks down the line, you finally realize like having meals were important, but I almost want to give you credit that like you did that from the start. Like that was, I think the biggest, yeah. honestly, switch you had in your diet. Like I wanted you to eat more. Yeah. And once I, first of all, I didn't realize how little I was eating at the wrong times and how much I was eating. Like when I started to build my plate with fiber, carbs, protein, fat, I mean, I was like, holy shit, I can eat all this food, not feel disgusting and bloated after and like feel full for like a couple hours at least, have energy and just like be creative with my meals. Like I, you know, I didn't like start from zero in in terms of like the creativity. Like I know how to cook. I like most foods. And so it was easy for me to kind of like, I think it was more the portion sizes that I was like starting. I think it's really hard to break habits. And I, I talked to the client about this this week. Like we always think about, okay, what are, what are the habits you need to do? What do we need to add in? And I love that. And it works for people. But I think at the same time, you have to break down the bad habit, which is completely different than building the new habit. So we have to like, think of momentum, like a car on a highway. When you're on a hundred miles an hour on the highway and think of that as your bad habits, you have to stop the car first before you change the direction (laughs) or else if you're going a hundred miles an hour with the bad habits, and then you swerved and you want to go the opposite way in the highway you have to slow down before you yeah. speed back up. That's a beautiful yeah. metaphor, by the way, guys. True, like you had to break down and identify the bad habit so then you could go back to the thing you actually enjoy doing because you yeah. do like cooking. You do like food. Yeah. You're a foodie just like me. Yes. And it was also about, and again, this came a little bit further down the line. And I remember you specifically telling me like you were worried that I was going to eliminate the foods that I like to eat. Mm. And- this is kind of a bigger conversation, but, you know, depriving yourself and restricting, I'm sure a lot of women and men deal with, it comes from your childhood. It comes from growing up. It comes from society. It comes from like high school. Like when you had all those like shitty cafeteria meals where like you were served like this tiny little brownie and you were like, oh my God. I am so triggered by chocolate milk yeah. because I got, I forget how, but somehow chocolate milk got poured on me in elementary school in the cafeteria. And I remember I had like the whole freaking day, I had to wear this shirt with chocolate milk smell on it. I was traumatized from it guys. But anyway, yes, cafeteria lunches sometimes were like the worst thing ever for us children. (laughs) Um, And so I think you were worried, you were concerned that I was, I think, and this was, this was happening at first. I was focusing a lot on like, okay, proteins, fats fiber, carbs, like, like being almost too rigid with the rules, which were ultimately intentions of how we wanted your diet to be. But when you're so rigid, it's like, you can't really even, you almost need to step back 
And like, it comes with time. It's not going to come like day one, but you almost have to step back and be like, okay, just because we have these intentions and meals doesn't mean this is bad or you can't do this. Like, honestly, what you're describing is flexibility. You learned flexibility. I did. And I thought that, you know, late night binges for me were only, it was just junk food. And I think I was like, am I ever going to be able to have the foods that I binged on again? Like, because in reality, those were foods that I liked. I wasn't wasn't binging on foods that I didn't like to eat, but when I started and was getting into it and I kind of, I did eliminate those foods for a while. Once I like, I I had to ramp up and like start somewhere. And during those first couple of weeks, at least I wasn't binging very intentionally, but again, I was also fueling my body during the day so that I wasn't having urges. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that though, because what I'm hearing is, and what I know is you did give up things for a certain period of time, Mm -hmm. but then I know through our conversations, you did start adding them back in and you were realistic with yourself. And I think that's the thing, because if you do want to give something up for a period of time, that's not a bad thing. That's not diet culture it's okay to take a step away from something. If yes. like, just think about it. Sometimes people take breaks from the gym. Does that mean you're saying I'm never going to the gym again? No, but for some reason we do that with food. So for you, I think it actually is when you're breaking habits and changing so much of your diet, it's okay to take a step away from something. But what has to happen that Sarah is emphasizing is you have to have a game plan for how to incorporate it back in. Because if yeah. you don't, that's yeah. you're going to binge on that food again because you've created right. such a toxic, like putting that food on a pedestal And whenever food's on a pedestal, you overeat it. Yeah. And I remember when I was getting more comfortable with the program and I was like, all right, I think it's time to like, I miss having a cookie. Like cookies are my favorite food. I miss having ice cream, like all these things. The key for me was having these foods, but pairing it with something that makes it more satiating for me. So like, you know... If I'm having a Yasso bar, which like, you know, those were foods that I would binge on too. Like any ice cream sort of delicacy, cookie, brownie, whatever. I learned like, all right, start with one brownie, but pair it with like some strawberries and like some almonds and see how you feel afterwards. As opposed to like standing up and sitting down, may I I add, sitting down, yeah, having a meal with your brownie and your strawberries and your almonds and making it in like some cool whip and making it more of a meal than like, all right, I'm going to like sneak in. I'm going to open this container of brownies. I'm going to stuff two in my mouth and I'm going to go to the couch and act like it never happened. Yes. <laughs> so so yes. we've all been there. Like, right. Like I'm, I'm not saying anything that people aren't like familiar with. Like this is, this is a behavior that I feel like a lot of people experience. Cause it's like, you're putting shame on eating something that quote is bad for you. And so what that really helped me is like taking a step back, being like, all right, Sarah, you're going to have a brownie like, yay. But, but pairing it with like fruit and something else and making it more enjoyable and like really taking every bite and being like, are you enjoying this? Do you actually want this right now? And eventually Like I could have that every single night. Did it fit into my plan? It sure did. If I had two, would it fit in? It sure did. And like, would I wake up the next morning and feel like shit? No, because all day I'm fueling my body with nutrient dense 
nourishing meals. And when I come home at night, yeah, I have a sweet tooth. So I'm going to want to eat sweets. That's never going to change. But I think it was the behaviors that I kind of paired with it and like changed my mindset around it, which made it like, this isn't like a treat, Sarah. You're allowed to have this every day for the rest of your life if you want to. Like the brownies are not going to run away and they're also not going to make you gain weight. You can enjoy the foods that you like to enjoy, but it was changing the behaviors around the foods and like changing my mindset around those foods that I think really helped me in the long term. Yeah. I'd also say to take it a step further because of how much weight you wanted to lose. And also, I just want to say Sarah didn't come in being like, I want to lose X, Y, Z amount of weight. She just didn't want to lose five or 10 pounds. She's like, I'd be, I'd literally, I think if we go back in my messages, I literally think you said to me, if I lost even 10 pounds and yeah. I, I just felt better, I'd be happy. Yeah. And that's huge. And so why I even bring this up though is now being 50 pounds down on your journey, which is so crazy to say. So oh my crazy. goodness, Sarah. So crazy. Especially thinking about where you came from and where you went and just the whole journey. But why also what you're saying is so important is because if you have a lot of weight to lose, and I'd say especially if you want to lose Anywhere over 20 pounds, I like to say, even 30 pounds is a good benchmark for that. But anything above 20 or 30 pounds, you have to have a diet that you truly can stick to because it isn't just, okay, I got to lose 10 pounds. You can lose 10 pounds in a week if you really got restrictive, not that I'm recommending it, but to lose this much weight, you have to be consistent. So when you first started your journey and you thought about like not a goal weight, but like where you were heading... Did you have any idea about how much you wanted to lose, even though I know you didn't have a goal weight? I mean, when I looked at that number, when I first weighed myself, my first thought, and you know, it's so crazy that we're like past this moment now, as I say this, Yeah. my first thought was I would love that number to start with a one. I no, I, I'm so glad you're saying that because this is those, these are those conversations that I hear all the time. A lot of people don't say this out loud. A lot of people think weight loss is just about, <laughs> I always say being the, the, the thinnest bitch yeah. in the room or, yeah. you know, just thinking about these very low numbers that are just like arbitrary numbers, but realistic weight loss and, and goal setting can be literally just the number in front of, of your weight. Like yeah. it's not a two, it's a one. That's a huge goal. Okay. Anyway, I interrupted you. That's a huge one. <laughs> and again, I didn't say 190, 180. And when I was, when I was thinking this to myself, I was like, holy shit, this nearly seems impossible. Like, mm. you know, or it just seems like I have a long freaking road ahead of me. And I, how did that affect your psyche starting this, knowing that you knew what you wanted, but you knew it wasn't happening in a month, two months, three months. It was yeah. going to be a commitment of your time. How did that affect you? There was going to be a lot of changes that I had to make to my lifestyle, to my mental state, but good changes, not changes yeah. that were going to like affect my happiness. Like I still wanted to feel happy and feel like I wasn't obviously depriving myself, but it, it felt like a long, it felt like a long road. Like when you, when you're a woman in your thirties and you're like, Oh, I have 50 plus pounds to lose. Like that's a freaking lot of weight. (laughs) And And it's a lot of time. It's it's like, you have to buy into not the goal weight, 
but the transformation that will happen over a long, like the time you have to buy into the time you have to buy into the fact that you aren't going to be validated by the scale. And yes, I mean, you can think about 50 pounds, every pound down, you're getting that feedback and that validation. But I think especially when typically success is the goal weight for many people, you have to buy into the fact that you will go weeks and and days and sometimes even a month without seeing the progress quite in the way that you might think progress should look like. Mm -hmm. And that's really tough. It's like working towards any other goal, like work or, you know, doing something in school, like you have to buy into the invisible progress or else you're going to get bored and give up. Let's be real. Like good point that you bring that up because as I started the journey, you know, we log our lowest weight every week. And I remember, I don't think I had a week where my number went up. I I maybe had. Oh yeah. I remember this vividly. (laughs) I had weeks where like it would stay the same or like I would lose 0.3 pounds or like, but, but that was more like halfway. I remember, correct me if I'm wrong. You were one of those clients that honestly, it was like positive, but negative and hear me out on this. You lose weight every single week when you first start. Sometimes it's three pounds. Sometimes it's two pounds, especially when you have a quote unquote, a lot of weight to lose. Like you can see faster progress. But there is a point in time, it happens to us all. If it hasn't happened to you yet, you just flipping weight, girlfriend, where the weight loss slows down. Yeah. You don't lose weight one week. And then you're like, shit, I yep. think I'm literally having a midlife weight loss crisis yep. I because I went from losing two to three pounds a week to I lost 0.2 pounds. <laughs> what the F? That happened to you like mid, yeah. I think like midway in Fitbit right. Body, right? You're right. Yep. And, but then, but then you start to, and this happened and I, I am putting this out there for all the women that are feeling the way that I felt midway through it. Stop hyper-focusing on the number. Like I went from never weighing myself <laughs> to now being like, stupid scale, like 0.2 pounds. That's it. What a dichotomy. Cause <laughs> yes, you went from literally avoiding the scale for years yes. to like being scared shitless to go on yes. it to yes. now, okay, I do it every day. Like it needs to tell me what yes. I wanted to see. Exactly. And it, it's funny when you look back on that, what, <laughs> like, what did you tell yourself in that moment when you realize like, what the F am I doing? Yes. Well, I'm like, Sarah, think about, I like said this. I'm like, think about where you were. You didn't give a fuck about the scale. You didn't even know like how to weigh yourself on a scale. So start focusing. And this is what kind of changed. This really kind of was like a pivotal moment start focusing on the other things. Like stop thinking about the number. You do have to do your Friday check-in, but start focusing on the non-scale victories. Start focusing on how do you feel emotionally? How do you feel physically? How do your clothes fit? You know, I'm, you know, I'm laughing, Sarah. I'm thinking, oh, all the Fit Bay Body people listening to this right now, there's a place on your progress tracker on that front cover page for you to fill in those non-scale victories. So I'm calling you guys out. Are you filling in your non-scale victories like Sarah? Yes, please do. (laughs) Because honestly, when that scale doesn't move as fast as you want it to, or like you don't see those one or two pounds come off every week, like they used to when you first started, you have to, you have to direct your attention to other things because like snap out of it, you probably still feel really good, even though you're not seeing the one or two pounds come off every single week or faster than they, than they were. I guarantee you, you still feel good. And there are things, there's a reason why you still feel good. Like, what is that reason? Is it that 
Sarah, your headaches went away. Oh, you're starting to, you have a lot more energy. Oh my gosh, Sarah, you don't even need coffee today. Or like, oh, that's a big one. Yeah. I looked in the mirror and like my clothes are fitting different. Or like, I remember sitting in my mom's car one day and like, she has a small car. And I was like, I'm actually like not as squished. There are so many things that I think we don't pay attention to when this, the number isn't going down and we're getting down on ourselves. But like, I encourage everyone listening who's feeling the same way to like really take a step back and figure out, I guarantee you, you're still feeling good, even though the the scale isn't moving as fast as it used to. And write down in your Friday check-ins, aside from the scale, what is it this week that you feel good about? Like, is it something physical? Is it mental? Is it like, I'm really proud of myself for, you know, meal planning so well this week. I remember for me, Another like victory that was definitely non-scale was like, I did such a, and I can say I did a very good job planning out my meals. Oh, you were, when I think about you as a client, different clients have different themes and different behaviors and different vibes. Like you are a planner and it's actually really wild thinking about it because you were not a planner at all. And and also you don't have children. Like a lot of my clients that are moms, like are forced to be planners, yeah. even though their diet and you know, their, their weight might be a little chaotic, but like you didn't have any structure before. And so it's so, it, it just shows you that you can become any person that you don't even realize that you can become yeah. like Sarah is Sarah was that girl. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember you would like pre-log your food ahead of time. Uh, and Lauren, there are some weeks, 50 pounds down. And I'm like, you know what? Next week is a complete shit show at work. Like I am not going to have a moment to breathe. You know what? I'm going to go back to where it all started and pre-log my damn meals because heard it here first. If it ain't broke, (laughs) don't fix it. And like, again, I'm not doing this every week now because I am in such a good routine and regimen. And like, I have structure that I don't need to do every week now. Like I've taught myself and you've taught me how to eat correctly for your body and how to feel yourself and like all of that amazing stuff. But there are weeks that I, that I still pre-plan because when I tell you it was such a lifesaver because you wouldn't have to think about it. You have the food in your fridge, like whether it be you're prepping your food, I like to say, and not prepping your meals, like cutting. Oh, I love that distinction. Prepping food, not meals. Love that. Yes. So like, and I, I do that. I'm a big I'm a big food prepper now and not meal prepper. So when I come home and I'm like, you know, cooking gives me some like sanity and it makes me kind of feel calm. And, you know, it's kind of like a, it's a de-stressor for me almost like, but I don't want to sit there and chop. The food's already prepped. You just have to like put it together and cook it. So, but again, you can still pre-log your meals or pre-plan your meals based off of like, what's the food that you bought this week? What are you going to make? And that was just huge for me. And again, there are still weeks to this day that I do it. And I think to myself, like, what if I hadn't, like after a long week, I'm like, that just literally saved me. I cannot imagine doing that week that I just had and not having my pre-made breakfast sandwiches that I freeze, that I make like a week ahead, I make seven of them and I just take one to work every morning. Or fine, I get sweet green during the day at work. But 
just knowing that you're going to still have structure when you have like an insane week ahead is huge. Like was really, really, really big for me. And I'm so glad that I like am continuing these habits still, even 50 pounds down, like I'm continuing the habits because I know the benefit that I'm going to get from it. And if I didn't do it, I guarantee you, Lauren, like there would have been days last week that I was like scavenging at work for something to eat for breakfast. It might not have been the best choice. It probably didn't have as much protein in it that I needed it to have. You know, like when you look back on it, you're like, wow, I'm doing myself such a disservice (laughs) if I'm not either like pre-planning writing down your grocery list, like any little thing like that, I feel like just goes a long way. And it's just like a habit that is like totally sustainable. And, you know, you're not, it doesn't take up a lot of time. You're, yeah, it takes you just got to put in the, put in the work and, and yeah. do it and, and really prioritize yeah. it. I want to leave off with a question, especially for women specifically who do have 50 or more pounds they want to yeah. lose. What would you tell a woman who might be feeling honestly overwhelmed. Maybe she also hasn't stepped on the scale, but she knows she's gained a lot of weight. She feels really chaotic. She doesn't feel good. And also I just want to point out probably has low self-confidence and she wants to begin this journey. What would you tell that woman coming from someone, Sarah, who is literally 50 pounds down and has been in your shoes before? What would you tell a woman like that? I would say the scale isn't scary. The scale is a tool. Thank you, Hannah. Um, (laughs) yes, the scale is a tool. You have to start somewhere. And the most important thing is finding something that is going to be not overwhelming. That is going to be sustainable. That is going to be fun. And I'm saying the word fun. CSN is fun. (laughs) 95th babe is fun, but, but you want to find something that you don't dread doing. And that feels like It's a lifestyle change. It's not something that you're going to give up in three weeks. You, whatever that is that you're going to be able to stick with, that's not going to feel overwhelming and that you're going to be excited to like want to do. I would encourage that person to, to find something that feels that way. When you do find that something, don't overcomplicate it. Now that I'm in this position and I'm thinking back, I overcomplicated it. I overthought a lot of kind of what was going on. It's not complicated. It is like not complicated. Just stop overthinking. Stop overcomplicating. Eating is like, frankly, very simple. Like you should not be depriving or restricting anything. You can eat whatever the hell you want in moderation and still feel really freaking good and eat and lose 50 pounds going on. Probably more for me. Yay. But... Yeah, that's what I would say. I would say find something that you're excited about that you're not overwhelmed and start small, start small. Because when you start, when you start something like this, you have the scale. Like for me, I had never gone on the scale. I had the scale that I had to face. I had calorie tracking that I had to face. I had, I had meal planning that I was trying to face. Like there were, um, we don't want to almost like say that it occurred overnight because it didn't. And I know you guys hopefully listening to this know that it didn't, but there were so many micro little steps from the scale to, okay, beginning, even just beginning calorie tracking of of itself. Like that takes multiple steps of, okay, setting up the budget, how many meals and snacks, what am I going to have in them to hit my budget? Like 
break it down into simple steps is yes. really what I'm hearing. And it, cause it can feel overwhelming. Like all of that, when you're new to it, you like, it's overwhelming. It's a lot. And so you just have to start small and like give yourself grace and you're going to see results. If you just keep up being consistent, I never thought that I would be here 50 pounds down on TSN and like still feeling like this is completely sustainable and that I'm just like going on day to day, like not even thinking about. doesn't consume you. No. It's not, it's not your whole personality. No, no. So, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> no, and it shouldn't be. Um, and so and it's doable for anybody, but I think like we as women, like it's hard for women to lose weight, period. Never mind when you have such a big number to face and you're like, holy shit, is that even like doable? And like, how long is it going to take me to get there? Don't worry about that. Like, don't worry about like how long it's going to take you. That really doesn't matter because you're going to get there eventually. And then once you get there, you're going to be able to sustain it because you're doing it in such a healthy, a healthy way. So that's my, (laughs) that's my two minutes of advice. I love it. I love it. Can you give me one sentence of what you would tell someone? And here I am going on. But I mean, you've lost 50 pounds. Like you deserve your full two minutes, girl. I love it. There's a lot to say. (laughs) So much to say. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sarah. Hey, girlfriend. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about eating right for fat loss and never gaining weight back, I'll be continuing this party on Instagram where you can find me at sorority.nutritionist posting inspiration every single day. Also, if you're wondering where to get started on your journey, be sure to head to thesororitynutritionist.com backslash quiz to take my free quiz that will tell you why you aren't losing weight and what you can begin to do about it so you can see progress faster. You can also find any other links and resources mentioned in the show at thesororitynutritionist.com under free resources. I hope you have such a beautiful day and I will see you next time, girlfriend.